with America's Independence Day upon us. Today's podcast concludes our topic of God and government by considering the question of hope. In the final lesson of the series, America's Most Pressing Concern, Dr. Dave Miller focuses on the fact that hope for America's future relies on how the nation and citizenship choose good moral behavior. The founders urged Americans to keep all of God's laws and considered Christianity to be the foundation of national happiness. Follow along as Dr. Dave Miller urges us to be faithful to Christ, benevolent, evangelistic, and focused on returning to God's will. In our last session together, we went to the Pentateuch, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. We looked at what God said to the Israelites as they were on the brink, on the verge of entering into the Promised Land. God warned them that the people that you will dispossess are being expelled from that land because of their own immoral behavior. The term that God used, abomination. And then we saw God warning the Israelites. Now when you get into that land, don't you copy those behaviors or the same thing will happen to you. You will be ejected from the land. Then we went to those passages, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Kings, and tried to find out what were these abominable, detestable behaviors that were spotlighted and pinpointed by God as, listen closely, justification for terminating national existence. We identified seven. Idolatry and false religion. False religion by definition is that which is out of harmony with the religion of the God of the Bible. Adultery. They had mediums. They were engaging in bestiality. They had bad judges. They were involving themselves in same-sex relations. And they were killing their children. And we closed our last session with this question. Do these behaviors sound like America? Absolutely. Let me prove it to you. Let me document it for you. Do you realize that over the last probably 30 to 50 years, raw paganism, idolatry, has been in, on the increase in our nation, infiltrating our civilization. Buddhist temples have been built from California to Chicago to the East Coast. Hindu temples have been springing up all over the country in large numbers. There have been other forms of clear, you know, th these religion are, religions are idolaters from a Christian perspective. Uh, there's no other way to, to see it. Uh, Hinduism is the religion of thousands of gods, thousands of deities, none of which actually exist. They've been concocted in the minds of mere men. There's no such thing as a god named Ganesh that has the, the body of a little pudgy boy and the head of an elephant, or, or Durga that has multiple arms and hands coming out of, out of her body. There's no such god. But Hinduism has made unbelievable encroachments into our civilization. In fact, non-Christian religions have mushroomed in America in the last 30 to 50 years. Pure idolatry 
and false religion. But that's not the only kind of idolatry that we have had in our country in recent years, seemingly expanding all the time. Do you remember what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, when he told Christians that they, they're, they're people who have put to death members which are on the earth, that is, their bodily passions, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire. And then he says, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So the Bible teaches that in addition to raw forms of pagan idolatry, bowing down and worshiping an idol that a person has carved with their own hands, another form of idolatry is greed. I ask you, is greed rampant in our civilization? Are there any indicators? You know, people have always been greedy. I'm not suggesting that there wasn't greed and now there is. I'm talking about general trends, great upsurges of behavior. Is that not the case with greed? Do you know that before World War II, you would not have been able to find a casino in America? Nowhere. Las Vegas didn't come until after World War II. And now casinos are springing up around the nation. Uh, so it's not just Vegas. It's a host of other places as well. And think of all of the other forms of gambling. A state by state by state has, has legalized the lottery. We didn't have that at the beginning of our country because the founders said, according to the Bible, gambling is a vice. It is an evil, immoral behavior that will cause civilization's moral fiber to unravel. And yet we have now states sponsoring, promoting, and encouraging people to gamble which generally harms the uh, poor people of our society. And think about the forms of idolatry that we have, for example, in what we call reality TV, where, where people will subject themselves to the most demeaning behavior. You know, like lying, lying in a box with a bunch of cockroaches or whatever. They, they're willing to go through all sorts of things, and people think that's entertainment. And, and why are they willing to subject themselves to such indignities? Money money, the thirst, the hunger, the lust for money in order to get ahead, they think, financially. And so it is with other forms of idolatry in our society. What about the fact that we've got Hollywood? You know, Hollywood didn't exist at the time of the founders. In fact, that didn't exist till the 20th century. And yet, is not our civilization crazed? Do they not idolize actors and actresses? Oh, we have a program called American Idol. I mean, the very name of it indicates that we're talking about idolizing people simply because what? They can sing a certain way or, or dance a certain way? And likewise, we idolize sports figures. There are sports figures that, that people idolize. We have idolatry in our nation. I mean, a level of idolatry that's unprecedented in America. You wouldn't have found uh, the majority of Americans caught up in all of this idolatrous activity 150 years ago. This is clearly a prominent characteristic of America today. We are an idolatrous nation. What about adultery? 
Is that a bigger problem now than it has ever been in American history? Absolutely. The statistics are cut and dried. Sexual promiscuity, marital unfaithfulness by Americans is epidemic and at all-time high levels. Did you know every nine and a half minutes someone in the U.S. is infected with HIV? Would you believe me if I told you that more than one-fourth of New Yorkers have contracted genital herpes? Sexual promiscuity, unfaithfulness has run rampant across our civilization. America's religious, moral, and spiritual roots, our underpinnings, are literally dissolving before our very eyes. America's an adulterous nation. What about mediums? I remember as a child in the 60s, suddenly hearing about this activity. You know, fortune tellers and, and palm readers. And, and then over the years, we've had the psychic network and sister this, sister that, sister Julia, psychic friends network, psychic hotline, mystic psychic network, crossing over. We have all of these places where you can go and have your astrological forecast uh, depicted for you and so forth. Folks, there's always been some of that but it has tremendously increased in our country just in the last half century. In fact, a 2005 Gallup poll of Americans indicated that three in four Americans believe in the paranormal in one form or another. If you had asked that very question 200 years ago to our founders, you wouldn't have got the answer that you get today. We, we as a nation are manifesting this same preoccupation. We're enamored with the paranormal as if there's something to that. There's programs on television about ghost hunters and stuff that go into old houses thinking that there are ghosts. Pe people are believing that when there's nothing to it whatsoever. If you knew the Bible, you would know that's all false and fake. What about this horrible, almost not even to be mentioned, behavior of bestiality. Do you know that, that a whole vocabulary has developed in recent years in our country? Zoophilia, defined as sexual attraction by a human to a non-human, to an animal. And if you, if you have any problems with that, you are called an anti-speciest. That is, you oppose one species crossing over to other species for purposes of sexual relations. And there's been a whole bunch of literature that has developed in other countries and in our country, including a Princeton professor who has uh, come right out and talked about this. I, I went to a website not too long ago that, that claims to promote diversity. And when they talk about how we need to legalize and we need to normalize and we need to decriminalize and accept homosexuality, well, they have a whole listing of things that they put in the same category, including necrophilia, bestiality, pedophilia with children. They believe all of these go together. And we as a nation ought to be accepting of all of those. Peter Singer, a professor at Princeton, some years ago wrote an essay called Heavy Petting in which he insisted that uh, sexual relations between humans and animals is not an offense to our status and dignity as human beings.
Folks, I'm telling you that we are, we are losing our sense as a people. You know, whenever that case which originated in Texas in 2003, Lawrence v. Texas, over the matter of same-sex relations, homosexuality, went all the way to the Supreme Court. Six of the nine justices at the time were liberal, and so it went their way. They struck down all sodomy laws for all 50 states. An unprecedented, legally, morally, in every other way, unprecedented decision that just brushed aside all precedent and all thinking and all practice for the first 200 years of our civilization. Now that's not interpreting the law, that's rewriting it. That's enforcing one's own agenda. But the three dissenting justices, Justice Scalia, who wrote the uh, dissenting opinion, and he was joined, of course, by Clarence Thomas and the then Chief Justice uh, Rehnquist, they made the point in their dissenting opinion that, you know, all the laws that we have always had in our country on the state level against bigamy, against same-sex marriage, against adult incest, against prostitution, adultery, fornication, obscenity. I mean, you just go down the line and list them along with bestiality. All of these then logically and legally based on this decision would be acceptable today. And of course, no doubt, that is the domino effect that we are now seeing take place. And by the way, polygamy will be in line there too. And here we have a sizable percentage of Muslims pulling, pouring into our country. And the Quran blatantly and openly teaches that a man may have up to four wives. You don't think that, that now our politically correct society is going to brush aside our laws that have been here for over two centuries against polygamy. And suddenly now we've been wrong all this time and we're going to brush that aside and validate non-Christian morality, which according to the Bible is immorality. What a tragic day that we're living in, that we are reproducing, that we are copying the very behaviors that caused the Canaanites and a few hundred years later the Israelites to be expelled from the land of Canaan. What about bad judges? Have you, over the years, watching the news and paying attention to what's happening in our country, have you felt very uneasy and very concerned about our criminal justice system? Oh, there are some tremendous people, great men and women, who have dedicated their lives to the criminal justice system. But overall, for the last 50 years, the penal system and our view of crime, our, our, our view of who's the victim and who's the perpetrator, has been skewed. We are, we are now unbalanced and confused. How does the average American feel about the justice system of our day? Are there not all kinds of inequities? Oh yeah, you can, you can drive through a drive-thru and, and they give you some hot coffee and you spill it. You can sue and win millions of dollars. Or you can spank your child like most Americans did for most of our history, as the Bible teaches, and go to jail. The inequities, the confusion are widespread and rampant. Yeah, we're having trouble with bad judges. It's these judges that are striking down allusions to God and Christ in the Bible throughout our civilization, wanting those stripped out. It's judges that are consenting and, and implementing that very thing. What about same-sex relations and homosexuality? Oh, there, there's a host of books that have been written and placed in school libraries and public school, public libraries 
that are promoting among the young population an awareness of and an acceptance of homosexuality. It's widespread. Weed Apologetics Press had produced a volume that's designed to respond to that. Does God love Michael's two daddies? Ought to be in every library in our country in hopes of trying to stem the tide that is, that is rapidly sweeping over the younger adolescent population of our nation that will soon be in positions of leadership and, according to the homosexual movement, will have no problem with endorsing, accepting, and fully legalizing same-sex relations. It's hard to believe that we as a nation are having a national discussion about this and that for the first time in all of our history, even perhaps unprecedented in human history, the executive leader of our nation has come out and said forthrightly that he believes same-sex marriage ought to be permitted. We have seen an unbelievable, catastrophic erosion of our values. For example, a poll that was taken all the way back in 1973 with this question, homosexuality, is it always wrong or almost always wrong or not wrong? You know, a series of questions. Well, in 1973, 80% of Americans said homosexuality is always wrong or almost always wrong. 80%. Well, by 1973, significant erosion had already taken place because if you had asked that question 20, 30 years before that, you would have found only a small percentage that would have in any way given the impression that homosexuality was okay. But by 1973, 80% of Americans were against it. In 2006, the number had dropped to 61%. That's one poll that was taken by the University of Chicago. Other polls that have been taken, 1982, 34% of Americans said homosexuality ought to be accepted as an alternate lifestyle. You know, we're not even up to the point where, oh, it ought to be viewed as perfectly normal and natural. No, just an alternate lifestyle. We don't want to be judgmental. 34%. By 1996, 44%. By 2003, the figure went over the half mark, 54%. And in 2008, 57% of Americans said we ought to accept homosexuality as a valid lifestyle. So now, if those polls are correct, more than half of Americans have maintained that homosexuality is sufficiently normal that it ought to be accepted as a behavior in our country. Folks, we are there, right where the Canaanites were and right where the Israelites were. But, but let's look at this seventh item that we mentioned. Killing children. These pagan, <laughs> degenerate peoples, idolatrous people that, that bowed down to wooden and stone gods that they had made with their own hands, who would do that? And then, and then take their own children and literally kill their children, shed their blood, and end their lives in order to appease some false religious view? Do you know since 1973, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court, an ungodly group among them legalized the idea that a woman could kill, could murder her own unborn child? Since 1973, do you know how many children have been butchered with legal permission? 
The figure is staggering. In fact, the human mind cannot grasp it. It exceeds 53 million babies. 53 million children who never saw the light of day, who were taken, their lives were taken. I'm telling you, the God of the Bible, He's not pleased with that. Do you know at least those pagan cultures did it for religious reasons, thought they were appeasing a God? We don't even do it for that. It's primarily inconvenience. Do you know when God, many years later, moving over into the book of Kings, when he addressed that subject, the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 32, quoted God and said, when you offered your sons and your daughters, when you caused them to pass through the fire and to die to some God like Molech, do you understand that I did not command you to do that? It didn't even enter my mind to have you do that. That passage says, in God's sight, that is an abomination. Do you understand that our streets, the streets of America, are flowing with the blood of innocence? God's not going to let that pass. Not the God we read about in the Bible. I've gone through seven moral behaviors. The very behaviors that God said, this will cause a land to vomit out its inhabitants. And we are right there. I mean, not just dabbling in it. We have jumped full force, full fledge into this cesspool of immorality. I'm telling you, America has lost her moral compass. Spiritual wickedness is rampant. Our moral, spiritual, and religious roots are withering and decaying. Indeed, we're imploding as a nation. We're imploding. Do you know in 2 Kings chapter 21, the inspired writer made this comment regarding one of the kings and the population at the time. He said they, they paid no attention. Manasseh the king seduced them to do, listen to this. Now these were supposed to be God's people. You know, a little more enlightened than your rank and file worldly people. Manasseh seduced the people to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Does that not describe America? You know, homosexuality has been rather rare on the whole world scene. It really has. There are countries now all over the world that will execute homosexuals. But as America has tampered with that and began to dabble in that, and now our chief executive has publicly come out and endorsed it, moral shockwaves have been spreading across the world. And you can count on the fact that so many nations look up to America, look to America for leadership, who are very impressed and very influenced by America's directions. There's going to be a spread of this all over our world. Can you imagine being responsible for seducing people to do more evil than the nations that were known for their evil? And you know that passage says that the Lord spoke by His servants, the prophets, saying, you know, Manasseh has done evil. 
Uh, he has committed these abominations. There's that word again, 2 Kings 21, 8 and following. Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he's acted more wickedly than all the Amorites who were there before him. You know what God said? 2 Chronicles 28, verse 19. The Lord brought Judah low because of these kings, Ahaz, Manasseh. In the case of Ahaz, you know what he did? He, according to 2 Chronicles 28, 19, he encouraged moral decline in Judah by being continually unfaithful to the Lord. You know, Hollywood's been doing that all over the place. They are constantly encouraging moral decline. Sadly, many of our political leaders and even religious leaders that embrace and endorse and give their official sanction to some of these immoralities, all of them guilty of encouraging moral decline. Listen to another passage from the Old Testament. Speaking of a king who did evil in the sight of the Lord his God, did not humble himself, the text says, before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by God. But he stiffened his neck, hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, the text says, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more, listen to this, according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. Notice then, you've got political leaders, you've got religious leaders, and you've got the rank and file of the population. They're stiffening their heart. They're, they won't humble themselves before God. They are determined to go their own way and engage in their immoralities and do what they want to do. They transgress more and more. They pile sin on top of sin. This is all in 2 Chronicles 36. The text then says, You know, the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by His messengers, rising up early and sending them because... Because he had compassion on them. Isn't that incredible? Why has God delayed the well-deserved punishment of our nation? Because he has compassion on us. But the text says they mock the messengers of God. You know, if you're a Christian now in this country, you're mocked from one end to the other of our nation. They laugh at you. You're too religious. You, you can't get a very religious politician elected because people think, ah, you're right-wing, drastic, rigid radical. Yeah, they, they mocked the messengers of God, despised His words, scoffed at His prophets, the text says, until the wrath of the Lord arose against them and there was no remedy. I challenge you to go read that in 2 Chronicles 36. He sent prophets. He sent messages. He taught them what, the, what God's view is on this matter, on all these matters, all seven of them. They scoffed, they blew it off, they laughed at it. The time came when God's wrath arose and there was no remedy. What happened to them was he brought in the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and they literally stomped on the people. Those they didn't immediately execute, they carried off into Babylonian captivity. And the text says, look at it, 2 Chronicles 36, 16 and 17, And God had no compassion on young man or virgin, or the aged, he gave them all into his hand. The same text that says 
God was long-suffering. He had compassion. He sent warning after warning after warning. Also says, finally wrath came. No more remedy. No more compassion. Folks, you and I are in that situation today. You've seen what I've shown you from the founders of our civilization. They said, look, we as a nation, we've got to acknowledge God. So let me give you just very quickly three quick responses. Number one, we have got to be faithful ourselves. That means we have got to model Christianity to the secular society around us. We need to do that in our homes. We need to do that in, on our jobs. We need to do that in school. The church must represent Christ accurately to society around us. Number two, we need to involve ourselves in evangelism and benevolence. We need to be kind to people and help them, but we need to tell them the truth, sound the alarm. In fact, we need to do everything we can in every setting that we have to urge all Americans to turn back to God and Christ, to bewail their sins, the founder said that, to humble ourselves and to seek to return Christian principles to the public square. There is the solution to our problems. Will you be a part of it? God loves us. We can do this. Let's do it.